coming up next on The Health Hustle. The last day or two that I was at my my last job, I I did have some question of whether I was making the right decision. I was scared out of my mind because I didn't have something I was just leaving my job for. I kind of felt depleted and disappointed in the current health model and my my current career, to be honest. And I had tears walking out the door, literally walking to my car, like, oh my gosh, what have I just done? And I share this because as I got to my car and I sat down and I'm at that point, like sobbing, I look at my phone and there's a text message from this client. I kid you not, I could not have timed this any differently. She, she is part of the reason I started Fit PT when I did, because she texted me and she said, Caitlin, I've been thinking about you. I've wanted to reach out for weeks and now I'm finally ready. I'm at my wit's end. Let's do this. And I, without even skipping a beat, Corey, without even thinking, I'm like, okay, when do you want to come over? (laughs) And I scheduled this session with this stranger. I had no place to work. I had at that point, not even a treatment table. So I kind of, I kind of played it off cool, but in my head, I was in complete chaos. Hello, my friends. Welcome to The Health Hustle. I'm your host, Corey Hibbett. And on this episode, I get a chance to sit down with Caitlin Hader of Fit PT. We get into how healthcare failed Caitlin and the story behind why she decided to start her practice in the first place, finding balance with business to prevent burnout, scaling your practice, how to get more clients, the power of intentional networking, working with family members, her mother specifically, the best and the worst part of entrepreneurship, and so much more. If you haven't already, do us a huge favor and please subscribe and write us a review. This show is about helping health and fitness professionals to build a business that fits your lifestyle by giving us a review. It helps other people find the show and join us on the journey. Also, if you're looking for tips about designing a website and marketing your health business, sign up for my three tips Tuesday newsletter at coreyhigh.com. Without further ado, mm, let's go. Caitlin Hader, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi, good. Thanks, Corey. Thanks for having me. Thanks. So first question for you, I want to know how the healthcare model failed you and what your personal story is in terms of why you do what you do today. You are jumping right into it today, aren't you? Right. This is a big one, but I'm super passionate about it. So my business, FitPT, is a women's health-centered physical therapy practice. I'll start with that. I knew from a young age that I wanted to be a PT. My mom was a sports medicine physical therapist, um, a really good one. And growing up, I just was so inspired by her. So I feel like this vision of what my career would look like and this desire to be a physical therapist was formed at a young age. And so as I went through end of high school and undergrad, um, preparing for grad school, I had these like big dreams and expectations. So when I actually got into PT school, that was, that was first of all, a huge step. And I start with that part of the story because I worked so hard to get into grad school, into PT school. And what I maybe was ill-prepared for was the demand and how hard it actually was. And I really sincerely mean this. I love my job as a PT, would not change it for the world. However, when I was going through, you know, finishing grad school, I really became ill and people have asked me like, Hey, you know, what do you think of PT school? Would you do it over again? I don't know. I don't know if I had to start from scratch, if I would. And I think what was so hard for me personally was that, you know, my last semester of schooling, we're in the field, we're clinical interns, we're not paid, we're working full time, 40 hour weeks. 
plus you have like extra studying and, and clinical assignments to do outside of that, studying for board exams, applying for jobs, all the things. And I, I became very sick physically, mentally, emotionally. And, you know, in a nutshell of that, I, I knew I was stressed. And thankfully, as I was going through some, some visits with doctors and trying to figure out what was going on, I had a physician sit down with me and say, Hey, Caitlin, do you think that this could have anything to do with you're going through a lot right now? And she was pulling the stress card. And I said, you know, doctor, I agree with you. I think it's an influence, but there's gotta be more. And the reality of it was, it was a lot of things, but I think uh, in turn, I was so run down. I was so overworked. And so then skip ahead. I start my journey as a physical therapist um, in the St. Paul, Minnesota area, joined a private practice working in orthopedics and sports medicine, an outpatient facility. And I loved it until I didn't. And again, I think that what I mean by that is that as I got into the second and third year of my practice, I was extremely burnt out. I felt overworked, underappreciated, and I was frustrated with the system itself. And so in, in a nutshell, I felt like this healthcare education and the healthcare system, the mainstream system had failed me. Um, and I kind of came to a, a realization in a place where I was just so fed up with the model of care that was not serving me and not serving my patients that I just up and quit my job. And it's, I'm telling you all of this because this is not something that just happened overnight. And again, I'm sitting here in a place now where I, I freaking love my job. I love what I do every day. Um, there are times I can't sleep at night because I'm so excited about what I'm doing. So, you know, this is, this is hindsight's always 2020, but what I'm doing today in my current practice that I get to control is I get to put the decision-making back into my own hands, my own health is in a court, you know, a consideration of the decisions I make and the health and well-being of my clients. So I actually get to say, hey, what are your goals? What do you want to accomplish? What's wrong in your body right now? And how can I better serve you? And how can we get from A to Z? But I don't just ask them that. I ask myself that too every day. And so I've said this since the day I opened Fit PT. If as I'm making decisions as a business owner, you know, does it serve fit PT and the business model and my clients? And then also does it serve me? Mm. And the answer is if it's no to either of those, then it's probably not going to move forward. I love that a lot. I hear this, this story often with people that get into healthcare in that people who get into healthcare are kind, generous. They want to help people. They want to do something good for the world. And then they get into the system, quote unquote, or healthcare, they're driven by insurance, whatever you want to call it. And they realize that it's not as great as they were hoping or were looking forward to in terms of somebody that actually wants to help and serve people. What do you think is like more of the core of your business specifically and what maybe makes you guys unique in terms of like really wanting to help people? Yeah. So we're a really unique physical therapy practice in general. Like we take a really big holistic and collaborative approach. So what I mean by that is because we are a quote unquote, non-insurance based or a cash based or service based physical therapy practice, we can allow for more fitness and wellness based services as well. Like part of my background and expertise is I, I have a certification as an athletic trainer. So I'm sports medicine certified. 
and I have a yoga and Pilates instructor certification. I've also taken my strength and conditioning coach certification. So I've got this like great fitness background. And sometimes I think we, we aren't able to marry the two in the traditional health model. And from a physical therapy perspective, that's huge. So for example, in my old practice model, um, that was insurance-based, you know, insurance drives the number of visits that we can see a patient. And what's hard is sometimes you have the same two people with the same or similar needs, right? Or same profile that come in and insurance A says you get 12 visits and then you're cut off. And then insurance B over here says you get to have six months of physical therapy and then we'll maybe reevaluate. So it's just, it's not about the patient at all. It's about the money and the end goal. And so I just think that what's great about our practice here at FitPT is that we're able to set up a system that really makes sense for people to invest in their health and well-being. And I think personally that we are all, you know, especially if we're active people, but in general, we put a lot of stress and strain on our physical bodies. So why would we not have a physical therapist in our health wheelhouse like we do our dentist? or our primary care physician or our chiropractor. Like I really think more people need to establish a relationship with a PT from mm. a wellness-based model. As someone who's an OT and obviously thinks he knows something about health and fitness, I guess you could say, I definitely need something like that. <laughs> As we were talking For about sure. be before I got on the show about all my issues and ailments that hopefully I'll decide to take advantage of one day. <laughs> As I said earlier too, Corey, you're human, right? Yeah. <laughs> I can sit here and rattle this all off, but you know, it's hard sometimes to prioritize ourselves, but we yeah. should, we deserve oh, it. Totally agree. You're, you're obviously motivated. And so how, what do you do to find that balance now? You've, you seem to have figured it out. You were in a place where you're completely burnt out, being in school, mm -hmm. doing all the things. And then now you're kind of in this better place of having your own business, having more autonomy. What does that balance look like for you? And what would you say are kind of the key pieces of that? Yeah, great question. I think it's still a work in progress. If I'm being totally transparent, always things to better myself in, but I, I have come a long way. I think the biggest thing is learning to say no, which I am such a yes person from a people pleasing standpoint and from being just a go getter. I, I think that I've had to really challenge myself to say no to certain things that even things I've wanted to do but maybe it's no, not right now, or no, not ever. And being able to do that and hold space for myself is great. I wish I would have done this sooner, but I am doing it now. But creating a schedule and a routine that works for my own personal needs, my family needs, my health needs, um, my social time, and really prioritizing that model. So like, I like to think about just like I have my business model, that that's kind of what drives my business. And I make decisions based off of that. And I reevaluate it every year. I'm starting to do that now as my own personal health model. And I didn't do that when I started the business. And I wish I would have, hmm. um, cause it's been super beneficial. So like time blocking my own schedule for personal time and appointments. Um, and time blocking when I'm working, when I'm taking calls and when I'm not and reprioritizing those things has been really helpful for me. Oh my gosh, this couldn't be better timing for me. So I literally just listened to another podcast show from, I don't know if you know who Rob Dyrdek is. He used to be in yeah. Robin Big. It was like a popular MTV show. 
He used to be like a skateboarder, DC kind of guy, but he's actually from a business standpoint, incredibly intelligent. And he was talking about, he has this thing called his rhythm for life. And so in the same way that you have like standard operating procedures for your business, he basically did the exact same thing for his life. So he knows what he's doing on Mondays. Tuesdays are like sushi date night with his wife. Wednesdays are like movie night with the kids. Thursdays are et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it sounds very rigid when you say it and when you hear it, you're like, oh, you're on the strict schedule that you can never delegate from or never weigh from. But he basically breaks it down in terms of like, it actually creates more freedom because now I don't have to have the mental thought process of when I'm going to do what. And so when things do rise up, I can be like, okay, I can pause all this for a moment, take care of what I need to, and then get back into my routine. And I just thought it was amazing because I, so I started doing it in my own life. And it sounds like it's kind of what you're doing as well in terms of your own life is like figuring out like how you create space and time and get more systematic about not only your work life, but also your personal life. Absolutely. Because if you don't do that, most of us as entrepreneurs enjoy what we do and it gets addicting. Mm -hmm. Um, It gets addicting because it's fun and it's empowering. It's cool to see the growth. And it's also addicting because the business, especially if it's a newer business, it needs you. It is your baby. It does not survive without you. So I found that I got really wrapped up in my business needs me right now all the time and not having clear boundaries of this is this is the time every night that we put the phone away and we put the computer away. Yeah, it's easy to get wrapped up in it. And there will be times that there's an exception, but it's knowing totally. what what is the ideal and holding yourself accountable to that just like you would for anything else. Totally. I mean, he even the funny thing too is he even goes as far as like, what do I do on my birthdays? What do I do when I travel? And he has it so automated. It's crazy. Like he'll get like a package of like certain foods at his hotel room where he's staying and where he's traveling. Cause he just set up his life. So it's all automated and very straightforward. And just, and like he gets to the point too, is like, he's basically just optimizing for happiness is really what he's getting down to is like figuring out where you want to spend your time and energy and then trying to build your life around that essentially. That's so cool. My type A personality is like very drawn to that idea. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> okay. So I want to get rewind a little bit. So started your business. How did you get your first client? What did that look like for you? Oh, I love this question because it's actually super cool. I, my first client is still with me today. She is a wellness member at FitPT and she is very loyal in taking care of herself, which I love. But I ended up meeting her at the gym, which ironically enough was nowhere near the time frame that I was even thinking about FitPT. So I met her at the gym space. Um, she was on the treadmill next to me and just, she kept running and kind of stretching her calves and, you know, very clear that she wasn't feeling well. And so in between we were at orange theory fitness. So in between our stations, I just said, Hey, like, are you, are you doing all right? And she's like, Oh gosh, this foot of mine, I've struggled with this plantar fasciitis thing for a few months now and it's getting worse. And I don't know, I might just have to stop running. I've seen a doctor. I've had some injections. It's not really helping. I said, well, Hey, have you tried any physical therapy? And, um, she's like, no, not really. I don't really know if it'd be helpful or not. I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to have surgery and it sparked this whole conversation. And so I just shared with her a little bit about myself and I specialize in runners and I treat foot pain all the time. And I told her about this really cool thing called dry needling. And she, she was interested. And I just said, Hey, I, you know, I'm a physical therapist down the street. Like, let me give you my card. If you need anything, just send me a text. So there's that exchange numbers with her and eight weeks or so go by. It might've even been longer. 
and hadn't seen her at the gym, hadn't heard from her. I totally forgot about it, to be honest. And in that time frame of the the eight weeks or so that I met this individual, some things had had changed in my life. And I finally was ready to make that leap to leave my job. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I was certainly thinking about starting a business, but I had no idea if I could or would. And I, I, you know, put in my two weeks notice and I left. And what's cool about the story is that, you know, in the subsequent weeks as I was wrapping things up in my practice, the last day or two that I was at my, my last job, I, I did have some question of whether I was making the right decision. I was scared out of my mind because I didn't have something I was just leaving my job for. I kind of felt depleted and disappointed in the current health model and my my current career, to be honest. And I had tears walking out the door, literally walking to my car, like, oh my gosh, what have I just done? And I share this because as I got to my car and I sat down and I'm at that point, like sobbing, I look at my phone and there's a text message from this client. I kid you not. I could not have timed this any differently. She, she is part of the reason I started fit PT when I did, because she texted me and she said, Caitlin, I've been thinking about you. I've wanted to reach out for weeks and now I'm finally ready. I'm at my wit's end. Let's do this. And I, without even skipping a beat, Corey, without even thinking, I'm like, okay, when do you want to come over? (laughs) And I scheduled the session with this stranger. I had no place to work. I had at that point, not even a treatment table. So I kind of, I kind of played it off cool, but in my head, I was in complete chaos. And so we scheduled something two weeks later. So I knew I had two weeks to get my act together and yeah. The rest is history. She gave me that confidence, though, to get the ball rolling and not to just sit and think about it and mourn over this loss of a a job that I I thought I was going to be with forever. But yeah, it gives me goosebumps. I feel I'm I'm not granola at all. And Mm -hmm. but I've been thinking a lot more lately about just understanding. It's something that obviously you experienced. And I feel like I've experienced more and more in my life in that paying attention to your energy levels and what are like rising and lowering those things and just trying to follow the things that I feel like rise my energy levels always seem to work out for the better. Like this sounds like a perfect example of you were obviously just not happy where you were at. I'm sure your energy wasn't very high and you weren't excited about what you were doing. And so instead you had this other thing. You're like, oh, this energetically feels exciting to me, even though I have no idea what it's going to look like. And you went towards it and then something happened. I feel like that you hear that as if it's like an anomaly, but I would argue that if more people just paid attention and did that, better things would happen. And it, it absolutely. And I will tell you that I feel like in that moment, it was a moment of listening to my gut and reacting to that innate nature and that energy to just say, yeah, okay, we're doing this. Cause, cause again, I'm, I'm a planner. And so I can really easily overthink things and analyze things. And there's good qualities in that. But in that decision, I had really thought long and hard about leaving my job. And I had no idea what I was going to do. So to just jump right into, I mean, I came home that night and told my husband, like, okay, I have a client and I think I'm going to start this business thing. But at the time, I really thought it was going to be just like a part-time side hustle. Well, I figured something else out. I didn't know what it was going to become because I didn't really have confidence in myself at that point as a business owner. 
I had no idea how to run a business. But I am I am a believer and I do think that my faith has certainly served me in, in these times as well. As you're talking about energy and like trusting in that timing, because sometimes things are there, doors open and doors close for a reason. Totally. And trying to listen to that is helpful. Yeah. And, and I think there's a balance there, right? As my favorite quote goes, the middle way, it's that it's paying attention. I think the key was that you were aware of it and that that was happening. So you're thinking about it, you're sort of planning, you're ruminating on it, but eventually you have to actually take on that action and actually move towards whatever it is that's energetically pulling you. Did that, made the leap. And obviously found some success. So now you have, it's you, one other PT and two other trainers at your clinic, correct? Tell us more about how that all took place. Like, how were you able to grow and thrive? And like, what's kind of been your tricks and tips and secrets? And what can you give us that would be helpful for other people that want to maybe grow or scale their business? Yeah, absolutely. So speaking from my experience and my journey, the first thing that I did was, again, remember, I hadn't prioritized my own needs yet. It was all just like, we're diving into this thing and we love it and we're just going to build a business. So lots of personal sacrifices. I, I got to a point where I became busy enough as the one and only person running the show that I was going a little crazy. And again, my health needs were kind of starting to talk to me. So I hired a business coach, actually, it was my first step. And she helped me immensely to kind of reprioritize a few things, organize a few things. And the number one advice she had for me was like, Caitlin, I think you need to get some backend office assistance. So start by hiring just a virtual assistant part-time, you know, pick something that you don't have time for, you don't enjoy right now, which for me at the time was marketing. It was the social media piece where I'm like, I can create and get the content together, but like to actually get it out and post it on time and that stuff just wasn't happening in the way that it needed to. And so I hired a virtual marketing assistant who's still with me today. So shout out to Angela, my social media. She does such a great job. Um, And so she still helps me with that content management. And then Angela and I kind of plugged together for a little while. And I very quickly felt like I needed help from the patient care standpoint. So I actually, uh, Dr. Lisa, who works for me right now, she's she's a dear friend of mine. And she was actually going through her postpartum recovery with her second baby and had scheduled some virtual calls with me. So we were kind of chatting on the therapy side of things and staying in touch personally. And I just called her one day out of the blue and I said, hey, you've shared with me you're not super happy. Like, would you be interested in something different? Here's what I can offer. And it worked out great. I, I was really scared actually to bring her on, even though I knew her personally, like I knew this is a good person, but you know, it fit PT, it's my baby. And I was really, yes, again, there's the control thing. I was really nervous about not Lisa's skills, not her ability to step in and treat patients, but it was just, is it going to be the same? And I have learned very quickly that I love having a teammate. And so that will be something that I think we'll continue to consider for future growth is I really missed, I don't think I realized it, but I missed having another colleague to Hmm. bounce ideas off of, to collaborate and share patients. And when you're a solopreneur in a small private practice, you don't get that because the people you'd probably collaborate with are your competition, right? (laughs) Realistically. So it's hard. 
And then, you know, I, I brought on two fitness instructors more recently. Um, that's a new area of growth at FitPT that I'm very excited about because we do offer, you know, therapy, fitness and wellness. And so I wanted to kind of help bridge the gap between one-on-one physical therapy rehab work and, you know, outside in the world on your own fitness. And so what we've done is we've brought instructors in house who work in small groups. So the largest group class we have is six people. Um, So anywhere between private and six people classes, you know, our instructors, if the patients and the clients are okay with it, they really love when Dr. Lisa and I can chat with them about their special, like their needs and Mm -hmm. their goals. Um, So that way it's kind of this collaborative care where like the fitness instructor, the physical therapist and the client are all working together towards the same end goal. I love that. Would you say, I think the number one question that I get is, how do I get more clients? Would you say, like, what would you say are the top things as to what has grown that for you personally? Because it sounds like you reached a place, assuming pretty quickly, where you were having enough clients that you could bring somebody else on and hire somebody else. How do you feel like you were able to grow that pretty quickly? You know, a lot of it was, and still my number one uh, referral source is word of mouth. So I since I had all this time on my hands as a new business owner with very few clients, I just immersed myself in my community. So I started going to my current gym space. This is where I started. Um, I was teaching at a local yoga studio and was uh, participating in like orange theory fitness and some running clubs. And I went to them first because they were my people. And I started passing out business cards and sharing with them what I did and you know, what I could offer. And then also I, I said, how can I, how can I serve your clients? Can I teach a free workshop? Can I, you know, hop on a virtual call with somebody? And it was getting in with the coaches and the fitness studio owners that really helped drive a market towards my practice. And I offered to do some free consults for those people so that they could really experience what I could do and how I could help. So that was a huge one was immersing myself in the community from a fitness perspective And then the other one that was really helpful, again, immersed in my community, but on the health perspective. So I started connecting with health and wellness providers, the chiropractors, the acupuncturists, you name it, that were out in the community, again, seeing similar clientele and saying, hey, could we do a trade? Could I come do a few services with you and you do a few with me and same kind of relationship formed? Um, So those have been the biggest things that I have, have done. Did you ever feel like you were spreading yourself too thin? Oh, yeah. At one point, I was like, this is this is too much. As I got busier in the clinic. Because I always wonder about that is I think so often, I think that's great advice. I think the advice is often uh, getting involved in community, B&I, whatever, name your thing. But then I think oftentimes people feel very spread out and thin and they don't actually feel like they're really developing relationships with people. They just feel like they're just meeting a lot of people, which doesn't really honestly do much for people. How did you kind of balance that in terms of knowing what was too much or what wasn't enough, I guess? That's a great question, Corey. I feel like for me, I'm such a feeler. So when I started to feel really overwhelmed and someone would maybe, for example, call me and say, hey, Dr. Caitlin, I would really love for you to come you know, teach this workshop again at our studio space. Like, can mm. you come in two months? You know, when that started to feel like I was hesitant again about saying if it's not a hell yes, then maybe it's a no. And learning, you know, is it a no, not right now, or is it later? So I I go a, a lot based off of like 
my actual planner and my scheduling, I try and plan out like how many workshops and things do I allow per month and what what's my designation to that sort of energy output. Hmm. So I think a lot of it's planning ahead. A lot of it's based off of like how I'm currently feeling. I love that. Physically and emotionally. Yeah, I think it goes back to that energy thing, just understanding where your energy flows or drains. For the record, that's a mm-hmm. shout out to Derek Sivers, that hell yes or no thing, if you know who that is. He's like yeah. one, he's like one of my favorite thinkers of all time. He's kind of kooky, but I love him to death. Yeah. Like I listen to yeah. all of his stuff. It's amazing. I, I heard that a while back and I have totally been trying to live by that because that's not an easy natural thing for me. Do you follow so, any yeah. other of Derek Sivers stuff? Have you ever seen his like podcast? No. no. Okay. No. Worth it though? Yeah, he's, uh, I would say, the only reason I'm saying that to you specifically, so I don't know about anybody else listening to the show, but the reason I'm saying it it to you specifically is that I think you and I and him and Tim Ferriss and a lot of other people fall into the same like personality type, like type A, like structure, logical Mm -hmm. type mind. So that's why I enjoy listening to him, which can be difficult because like you don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole because obviously we need to get into other areas, but but I do love it. He's definitely worth checking out. I will do that. Totally. yeah. So you, you work with your mom, which yeah. we haven't got into yet. Tell us more yeah. about that and what that dynamic's like and how have you been able to figure that out? You know, that actually, Corey, when we first started all of this, there were people who said, are you sure? You know, like you and your mom are already so close. Will this change your relationship? And I am so grateful. I'm so grateful. We really have a good model of, you know, co-owning FitPT and working together. And you know, it is a unique story and a unique setup. My mom left her sports medicine practice after 25 ish years and just said, you know, I'm sick of doing post-op shoulder care and I want to do something different. And actually she left that practice very similarly to why I left the mainstream health model as well. And she just said, you know, this is, this is getting to be too much for me and just not super great quality, quality care. So she left and started this small wellness-based private practice in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And that was FitPT. And when I finished, that was in 2015. So I got to watch her grow this amazing practice that she started in a, she rented a room from a like boutique fitness studio, super cool place. And I got to watch her really flourish as a practitioner and her patients absolutely loved it. And as I graduated from PT school, I, at that time, always wanted the potential to join her. I didn't know what life was going to hand me, right? You know, I'm a mid 20 year old, just finishing grad school. And I had taken this other job here in St. Paul, but I had signed on as her business partner. And at the time I was really doing a lot of like backend office stuff. Like my mom would call me, how do I set up a Google doc? (laughs) How do I send an invoice? So I, I helped with kind of that backend office partnership piece. I was not treating patients under fit PT at that time. And I really thought maybe that's forever where I'll stay. I have no idea. But, you know, again, as I left my practice in St. Paul, just who, who knows what at the time I was going to do. But originally I started Fit PT at that time here in Hudson. It, there was there was this background there and her support. And you know what's really cool is that she still has her practice in Lacrosse, and I have my practice in Hudson, and we've kind of flopped roles because my mom's in the mindset of you know she's wanting to work less, she's wanting to 
you know, approach retirement at some point. And I think right now she's like, you know, this is, this is my baby and I can just make it what I want. And it's small. Hmm. And for me in Hudson, I'm like, I want to, I want to grow something. I want to grow something here. I want to serve more women. So we still work together and collaborate. And now she's a little bit more on the back end office side of things. And the presence that we have at the PT on social media and on our website is all centered around our Hudson location that I work out of. Grow it, Caitlin. Grow that thing. I love that it. That is the plan. <laughs> what would you say you could do either or of these ones? What would you say is your favorite and or your least favorite part about entrepreneurship or being a business owner? Favorite piece is the creation. I am a dreamer and a doer, and I love the fact that I can create something from nothing. Um, and I really like that I can be in control of that and kind of have that creative piece and mindset. Um, my least favorite part is the demand. I think no matter how small or how big your business is, there's always a demand and there's, it's just a matter of figuring out what that demand is and how it hits you. I think. Mm, like that. It reminds me of, uh, I think the first time I really felt like I had a real visceral encounter with entrepreneurship was probably like maybe six or seven years ago. I met a guy who he literally, the oddest business you ever heard of in your life. So it was literally imagine a Zamboni that you drive over potholes and then it essentially like heats up the ground and then you fill it full of cement. And then because of the heat, it more like adheres to the surrounding area in the pothole. So it's less likely to get like water in it so it doesn't break again, right? So basically it's a way to fill potholes and make them last longer. Weirdest business you've ever heard of in your whole life, right? Yeah. And I remember having a conversation about this business and I remember him telling me that he was like in his 50s at that time, 50s or 60s. So he was older and this is the first time he ever started a business. And I remember he said something that I obviously still to this day remember and it just triggered me so hard about how he said, this is the hardest I've ever worked but the most fun and fulfilled I've ever felt from my work. And like, that was my first experience of like, oh, like I want that experience of what that's like. And I, and I feel like it's very hard to get that if you don't sort of do your own thing or to your point, make it your baby, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, you completely described it. And again, until you're in it, it's so hard to describe to someone else who just works a nine to five. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I... Again, I left my old practice because I was so burnt out. I was so unhappy and I was working a 40 hour week. And now I work easily 50 to 60 hours a week, but it's in my own way, in my own time. And I absolutely get energized by that rather than de-energized. Totally. And that's hard to explain to someone else who's not been in it. Totally. Yeah. And it's, it's like your point. It's, I don't think there's anything wrong either way. I think it's a know thyself type situation, but if you are the type of person, which anyone probably listening to the show is probably the type of person that's pretty uh, energized, motivated, excited, wants to do something, wants to create something like I can guarantee you it's worth it. So if you haven't already, definitely take the leap. I have one more question for you, but before I ask that question, where can people find you? Where can people find out more about you? Whatever plugs yeah. you want to pull? So our website 
at yourfitpt.com is a great place. We've got lots of content there. Um, our blog is also linked to our website, lots of free content. Um, we're also on social media. So I'd say the primary place that we show up is on Instagram. So it's at yourfitpt and also on Facebook at yourfitpt. Um, we have a YouTube page as well, where we link lots of free video content education. Um, and that's as well, your fit PT. So pretty easy to find us. You're doing YouTube videos, huh? Yep. Yep. You bet. Just PT, yeah. Pilates, like what are we, what are we learning about on it? PT, Pilates, education. I'd say most of it has been used thus far as like mini therapeutic workouts. And I was doing a lot of those over the pandemic when I had ex- extra time. And then I also do like whenever I have a patient come in and I'm giving a home exercise program and I have an exercise that I want them to do it at home, all of that comes from YouTube. So it's, you know, customized when they come in for their care for them. And I pick out which videos and how much and how little to do. And, but on it's public. So people can search, you know, how do I, you know, strengthen my shoulder blades or whatever they would type into YouTube and it'll come up on there. Hmm. That's a good idea for anybody listening. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. you're just repurposing exercises and content you're already doing with patients anyways. Exactly. Love it. Exactly. Cool. Uh, one more question. So you're, we're back to ground zero. You wanted to start a business. You're maybe working somewhere that you're not very happy. Maybe you're fresh out of school. Maybe you've just been listening to podcasts and you're like, oh, this starting a business thing sounds super cool. I'd love to do it. What would you recommend to somebody? And if they were in their earlier stages and they wanted to get started and they just wanted to move into a step into the right direction, what's maybe the best piece of advice you could give to them? Is this for somebody who has already decided to start a business or they're thinking about it? Let's say they're thinking about it and they just aren't sure about it. They're not sure what they should be doing. They're not sure what kind of resources maybe they should be looking at. Maybe they're just scared. Maybe they're just afraid. I would really speak to someone who is in business and maybe do like a day in the life of that person and really get their feedback. And I would really evaluate what your passions are. So if you have passion and talent in something, then that's absolutely what you should dive into and figuring out how can you solve somebody's problem with that passion. So I guess I would do a lot of self-reflection and mentorship, see how that fits into your world and your life. And for the individual who has decided like, yes, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to start that business. I would absolutely create a personal and health plan just as you are creating your business plan. Do it right away. Break that down a little bit for somebody. So, okay, yeah. I, I'm in that place where I want to make that plan. What, what, is it, what do I do? What, do I, what am I writing? What does that look like? Well, I think that, you know, I look at things from like a year to five year, you know, if you're thinking like more short-term model, right? So what do I want my personal life to look like within the next year and within the next five years. So that's include, you know, that's a big umbrella, right? So that's thinking about what's my commitment to my family. You know, for me, it's my husband and my dog. And what kind of things am I going to do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis that's going to support that goal or that idea? And then thinking about, you know, your health and wellness practices. And, you know, do you have monthly appointments that you have to want to go to? And how can I make sure that I'm still prioritizing those things? Hmm. Um, You know, even just something as simple, Corey, as like, when do you want to go to bed at night? And when do you want to get up in the morning? Like, that's the kind of stuff when you're in entrepreneurship, it sounds so silly, but there's times when that gets, 
that gets skewed because of your demands of your work. And so if you don't have kind of a written outline plan of what your day-to-day personal life should look and feel like, it's so easy to get away from it. I think one of my favorite exercises is uh, the perfect day exercise. Mm -hmm. It's like, what is your average, not like sitting on a beach and drinking a pina colada and whatever, that's fine. But that gets old eventually. But like, what does your average perfect day look like, right? What is the, if you could do this day, the majority of the year, what does that look like? And that might give you a better idea of how to structure some of that stuff. For sure. Because when you're creating your business plan, you're looking at the nitty gritty, right? You're looking at the finances. So like in my health or in my business plan, I've got to look at how many patients do I ideally need to see a week to keep the lights on? You know, like I, I know all of those numbers. I know what my budget looks like. But if you don't spend that time and energy kind of looking at that model in your own personal life, you're at risk of suffering. And I say that is so important because I've done it. I've made that mistake. And, you know, I'll just be really honest that like even this year, so I've had my practice for two and a half years now, like even this past year of 2021, I really had to take a step back and rely on my team and ask for help and say no to things because of my health challenges. Mm. And it was one of the biggest things that taught me that if you don't have your health, you have nothing. There is no business if I don't exist. So in order to, you know, again, prepare, I guess if I could do it over again, I would be more mindful of where do I still come in? My health, my priorities, just as much as the businesses do. It reminds me of when I was in grad school in for occupational therapy. And when you go to OT school, they teach the holistic approach, right? That health is more than just exercise and eating healthy. And the irony and the hilarity of that, of that situation is that uh, I didn't do the other things that were important for my health, like, you know, rest and relaxation and uh, spiritual things and relational things, just spending time with friends and family. I wasn't doing any of those things because I was like, no, I need to go to grad school and I need to get perfect grades and I need to stay focused and I can't do anything fun. Right. And so the, the irony of this is that, uh, it spun me into a pretty dark depression and it was the oddest thing because it snuck up on me. It was, I was like partway through grad school and I just remember being in my apartment and feeling like the room was a dungeon. It was like a cage. And I was just like the sadness just like swept over me. And I was like, what the hell is going on? What just happened? And I literally had to like get out of my apartment and like go to a near park just to get outside in the sunshine and just like lay down in the grass. And it was in that moment that I realized that like health is more than just exercise and eating healthy, right? Which is hilarious when I'm in school of a program that teaches you it's not just those things. And so I can totally just to like paying off of your idea of understanding to structure your life around first and foremost, obviously setting up your life. So you're understanding that you're putting time into taking care of yourself and then building that business around that. Absolutely. And you said it so well, and I'm glad you're clarifying this because I didn't believe that health was more. I thought that because I, you know, worked hard, exercised well and ate well, that I was quote unquote healthy. And even to this day, the people that know me so well, personally, they hear about my health challenges and they're like, what, why did that happen to you? I'm like, I know exactly why it happened to me because I didn't actually honor what my body needed. And it was telling me subtly for a long time until it had to scream at me. 
to Mm. tell me to stop. And for me, a lot of what I've shifted is my priorities of time and commitment to stopping, resting, sleeping, taking a break. Like when I work my nine to six hour days in patient care, you know, seeing patients back to back, I schedule in time blocks for lunch and I do not work while I'm eating my lunch. I schedule in an afternoon 20 minute power nap because I know that I'm a better person and a better clinician when I actually take the time to rest, not just do admin work when I have a few, you know, an hour of time. Take your power naps, people. Caitlin, thank you for being on the show. I honestly appreciate your kindness, your mentorship, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Corey. Before you go, I just want to say thank you for listening to the show, and I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you're looking for more advice on how to market your health business or need help with your website, you can find all my information at coreyhigh.com. Thanks again, and keep hustling, my friends.